So, Michelle. So, David. $368 billion. I can't wait to spend it. I just can't. Why are you sitting there in an evil chair with a hairless cat? Because now we get to play with the big boys and the big toys. (laughs) Australia's getting nuclear submarines. How cool is this? I know. It's not like anyone's been talking about it. No, it's, it's completely new to everyone. Now, look, I really want to talk about this because it is an exceptionally controversial issue. And let's be perfectly frank, we've had prime ministers exploding over it over the last week. It's been an absolute dogfight. But I also want to look at what are we getting? How much is yeah. it really going to cost? And most importantly, what's it mean to our security? Shall I dial in Albo so he can learn a few things? Yeah, we'll send a copy off to Albo straight afterwards. And Penny Wong. And she can listen and to Katie. it while we're in. And Katie. And Katie. Definitely. Oh, yeah, Katie. let's send it to him. All right, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. You're listening to I Spy, the used car of Australian intelligence. G'day, lady. How are you going? Uh, got a really nice uh, ride for you over here. It's really sweet. Have a look at it. What do you think? Yeah, yep, not interested. All right, check out that periscope, eh? Look at the periscope on it. Huge. It's a massive periscope. Really impressed the boys with that. Yeah, it's, it's got a dent in it. How much? Oh, no, no, that'll buff right out, love. Don't you worry about that dent. We'll buff right out. It just ran into an underwater mountain, but it just it was just it just kissed it, mate. It was just a nudge. Okay. How much? Oh, oh, oh mate, I can get it on the road. Yeah, oh, I'll get it on the road for 6.8, 6.7, uh, about 9 billion. That's it, 9 billion. Very cheap, okay. very nice. Okay, that, sound, that sounds fair. Sweet, I'll go ahead. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name's Michelle Stevenson. We're coming at you remotely because David somehow, without ever leaving his blanket fort, manages to get COVID again. No, don't ask me. <laughs> I haven't had human contact in two years. I don't uh, even but... understand it. And you're one of the few people I know who actually tests and isolates. Yep. So good on oh, you. My, my, my teenage son, when I tested and came up positive, he was like, what did you do that for, you idiot? Now we're stuck. And it's like, well, actually, technically with the new rules, if you don't have it, you don't have to stay at home. So he's out gallivanting around the town while I'm sitting at home getting frustrated. But the house is spotless. I've the house is spotless. The fort smells okay. It smells beautiful. I've got a beautiful <laughs> hazelnut and coffee-scented candle going right now. Nice. To get mm, that nice stink smell. of old man out. Get the old boomer smell out. And talking of boomers. Yes. Nuclear submarines. Oh, my God, this has monopolised the media of late. And what seemingly had bipartisan support, you know, it was doing quite well. Both sides were like tick, tick, tick. And then we had Paul Keating coming on back. Oh, my God, at the press club. and Old man, angry at the sky vibes, just really laying it down for everyone. Pro-China, anti-submarines and mad at labour. What gets me is I did not know the National Press Club actually served journalist as a meal at, at <laughs> any meeting. He utterly chewed some of these guys up. He eviscerated oh. many people there. And to be honest, he put a lot of people out. Now, look, if he had done it in a different way, there, uh, there is no doubt there are questions that need mm. to be answered, legitimate questions that need to be asked. But there are ways of doing it. There but are. Regardless of that, he started a conversation and – 
to be honest, China really likes him and I'm sure he's uh, planning his trip as we speak. I actually quite liked um, Albo's reaction, which was, look, I'm not going to get in a fight with him. Um, he's an old man. He's expressing his opinion. I think he's wrong. Moving on, which yep. was the smart move for Albo and any politician in that position. That's the best way to react to it is just go, okay, his opinion, old statesman, Let's get on with the job. So let's start with the big question, yeah. whether we need it or not, which is kind of what his point was. It is his point. And look, to play the argument on both sides, his point is we don't need it because it's a force projection tool, which is very true. The thing about a Virginia-class submarine, now let's just talk about the Virginia-class submarine. Oh, my God, can we? Oh, God, let's. Uh, the, one of the apex predators of the human ocean. Um, oh, you had the, me at apex predator. I know, I know. It works really well. Now, here's the thing. We've got a $368 billion budget for this. Guess how wow. much a Virginia-class submarine costs? 10. About 10 billion, yeah. About yeah. 10 billion dollars. You know, so hang on, if we're buying 3, that's 30 billion. What's going on with the uh, the other 338 billion dollars? Well, we're building nuclear reactors. Well, no, 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 no we're not. Ooh, no, 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 I know. No, no, no. I know. I know. I was a joke. I was Ooh. just just starting off your left-leaning mind. No, 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 no. Um, we've got to we've got to go through this because we've got to know what we're buying. All yes, right? let's so, let's let's break it down. What are we buying? What are we buying? We're buying three Virginia class submarines, which are very good submarines. They're regarded right. as possibly the best. There's only one regarded as better, and it's the American Sea Wolf. They only ever built three of them because they're incredibly expensive. But these things are absolutely silent. Which is what you want in a submarine. Is, exactly. Right. Now, the Virginia-class submarine is incredibly quiet, incredibly stealthy, incredibly effective, also incredibly dangerous. They're a dangerous piece of kit to have. If you've got one, most people will freak out. Now, just a comparison of navies, the Americans have 56, I think, Virginia-class or that uh, uh, nuclear attack submarines. This is going to be a hard episode. I've got to say nuclear a lot. I know nuclear is one of the – I've been saying it all week live on air and I have to say it is a tough one, but you just got to get your mouth around yeah, it. Yeah, Thank you, Homer Simpson, for ruining my ability to say that word. Now, the other thing is, right – Essentially, if you they've got 56. Now, the equivalent submarine owned by the Chinese Navy, they have six. Right. Right. So there's a big number differential. The difference being for diesel electric subs, the Chinese have about 60 and the Americans have zero. They don't have any, right? They don't have it. We, on the other hand, have six, the Collins-class submarine. Right. Now, I want to do this. I actually had a chat with uh, my little Navy contact, and we talked about how do we compare submarines to cars, all right? So let's look at the Virginia-class submarine. It's like a Shelby Cobra, right, with a, a really good muffler, like a really, really good well, muffler. What, what car did you just mention? A Shelby. A Cobra. It's a Shelby. A Shelby Cobra is like the ultimate American muscle car, right? Okay. These things are fast. They're, they've got distance. They've got power. They're strong. They're, they look aggressive. They're a really funky car. They're really cool. Okay. And look, if you're a car owner, um, and I'm really sorry that Michelle doesn't know what a Shelby Cobra is, but the Shelby Cobra is a beautiful car. I'm pretty right? sure most people don't know what a Shelby Cobra is, but anyway. I'm going to say that most listeners would know what a Shelby Cobra is. Now, how about you How about you at us at iSpied Podcast yes. and let us know. Let us know if you know what a Shelby Cobra is. Now, yeah. the other thing is, don't forget, this is the one thing everyone's forgot. The English are involved in this as well. The UK are coming on board. Now, they have the astute- Oh, Rishi. Rishi was there. Yeah. Oh, 
yeah. Right now, we've got uh, the Astute-class submarine, which is the UK's nuclear submarine, and it is basically like, uh, how do we describe it? Uh, it's like an Aston Martin DBX. Right, of course. Right, so it's it's a very nice car, but it's the four wheel drive version of the sports car. It's a bit, it's not as, it's a little bit clunkier. It's a very, very, very good boat. And by the way, when we talk about submarines, we talk about them as boats, not ships. That's okay. very important. Yep. Right. So, but it's it's a it's not a Shelby Cobra. It, it's an Aston Martin. It's an it's an all terrain. It's an all terrain vehicle. Yeah, good one. Yep. Now the Australian Collins class submarine. This was a tough one to work out because it's actually an extremely effective boat, right there. I mean, it's got a bad reputation of being clunky, but they built a blanket fort around the the engine, and it stopped being noisy. And in fact, as my navy source says, it is essentially a shadow in the water. Right. Wow. It's a really really good boat. On an exercise, it actually got inside the threat envelope of the American fleet and could have basically taken out. Two aircraft carriers, their supply ships, and a couple of cruise, uh, like missile cruisers. Really, really good ship, right? Or boat? Sorry, boat. Boat. Now, so it's uh, like it's shark-like. It's shark-like. Uh, now, to describe it as a car, it's like a Holden Monaro hybrid, right? So right. it, it basically, someone's gone. I like my Holden Monaro. I'm not going to get the V8. I'm going to get the V6, and I'm going to chuck an electric motor and turn it into a hybrid. Now, and then as- I can tell you. All Monaro fans are now rolling in their graves. All Monaro fans are now going to come and stab me. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. They're going to at me and feel free because, look, I would love to own a Monaro. They're such a good car. Right. So it's a great car, but someone's gone, let's completely reduce its ability to travel. Right. So as a as a hybrid owner, I know you're in the city, hybrids are great. On the highway, they aren't. Right. You go through quite a bit of fuel because the electric motor doesn't kick in. So now with the... The Collins class, it's got a limited range. It can't travel very far. It can only last as long as its its batteries work, and those batteries need to be recharged regularly. Because the batteries need to be recharged regularly, they've got real power restrictions on what they can do in the boat, right? Now, a Virginia-class submarine, it can stay underwater for as long as it can produce oxygen, which it does through desalinization, and it has enough food to feed the crew. Right, so this is the difference. We've got a a boat that can stay on station for fourteen days, or a boat that can stay on station for sixty days. Wow. Right now, the other thing about that is the Collins class submarine to get it up to say a theater of war, which might be something like the South China Sea. Not that there's going to be a war there. No war. There'll be Des- no war. Despite what the Herald had lo- in it uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know. Yeah. I, lo- I love how our media wants to accelerate a, an arms race. Well, come on. That's It's newsworthy. Yeah, journalists <laughs> have got to talk about something. The economy gets boring, but when you can go you have a red plane flying across with a, a, a sort of the whole Chinese flag behind it, boom, I'm in. I, I want to read that. To be, to be fair, China didn't help by amping up the rhetoric around that whole idea that if we get these submarines and if we go in with our AUKUS agreement, then we are accelerating war. Yeah, yeah. they basically turned around and said, well, you're making yourself a target, which, you know, you can't blame them. But I did like the reaction from one of the Chinese embassy staff that went to the AUKUS briefing mm. because, you know, good on Albo. He turned around and said, let's tell the Chinese what we're doing, all fair and love and war. So let's turn around and say, well, look, we're building these subs. We're buying three and then we're going to build these brand new ones, which we will get onto. And the Chinese diplomat turned around and said, what are you doing with these boats? What are they for? Sightseeing? To which my reaction is, in the intelligence world, 
hell to the year there for sightseeing, bro. Um, there's a great article, and I will post it on our Twitter feed, at Podcast. Do you want to repeat that? At Podcast. Well done, Michelle. Yep. Um, I will post it, and it's from a Rear Admiral, ex-Rear Admiral from the Australian Navy, who served in the Royal Navy on nuclear submarines. Right. And he basically said, the great thing about a nuclear submarine is you can push the envelope a lot further. Right, so if you need to get intelligence, you you can stay underwater longer. It literally, you know, if you're a pervy sort of person that likes to go underwater with a pair of goggles and look at girls in bikinis, I don't know if you're that kind of person. I'm sure they exist, but if you're sounds that like kind something of, you might be into, though. It, it's not me, no, 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 I can't hold my breath. I'm asthmatic, right? <laughs> and that's the problem, right? The Collins class submarine is asthmatic. It can't hold its breath for very long. Where and a, a nuclear submarine can stay underwater and check out the girls in the bikinis or, you know, let the girls in bikinis be the uh, analogue for gather intelligence, they can stay underwater a hell of a lot longer. So that's the reason why we want these boats, right? Right. So let's break down the cost again. So we're buying three. Three. And then what we're trying to do is then set up the facilities to build them ourselves. Not just build them ourselves, right? There's a couple of things we're doing here. One, we're spending $8 billion over the next four years, I think it is, to upgrade the WA sub base, HMAS Sterling, right? We're going to upgrade that so astute class and Virginia class submarines from the uh, the UK and US navies can, can rotate through. So they'll start rotating those boats through. Because we've spoken about this before. At the very beginning when this AUKUS deal was kind of mentioned and, you know, we pissed off the French, Mm. we spoke about this before and how difficult it would be for nuclear submarines to to land whatever they do, berth at WA. Dock. Dock? Dock. Berth? They they, they have dock there, but can we actually sustain them? Can we resupply? Can we maintain, refit, that sort of thing? No, we can't, right? So when they show up, it's like, yeah, g'day, can we get a jar of Vegemite? My God, why do you eat this stuff? Ha, 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 right? And then they piss off, right? Now, now what we're going to have is a facility where they can dock. If there's any maintenance that needs to be done, we can do it for them. Okay, this all makes sense. Except... For the reactor, we will not be touching the reactor, right? No, 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 no. That that comes as a sealed module that gets placed in the boat, like a literally like a kind of battery in a bubble or an engine in a bubble that we can operate, but we don't maintain. Right? Well, I mean, we we wouldn't want to trust WA with anything radioactive. I mean, look what they did with a tiny, tiny, tiny little brick. They lost it. Fell yeah, out they the lost track. a brick. Little tiny, money one the size of a fingernail. Lost it. Fell out of the back of a truck. Yeah. But you know what? Easy to find. It's just going to glow in the dark. You'll find it. It'll, yeah. it'll pop up. Right. Just get your Geiger counter out, kitties, and go looking for it. And um, pray to God that no one picks it up and throws it. Yeah. If your skin starts to bubble, you found it. Yeah. Right. So the the other thing they've got to do is the proposal is they're going to build a second sub base, an East Coast sub base at Port Kembla. Right. Yep. Down Makes in the sense. gong, mate. Down in the gong. Makes sense. Mining town. They're, they're tough enough to handle it. Still working town. They know, how to, they know how to work with metal. Now, yep. so that whole thing is boom. We've got two facilities that's going to create what? Jobs, right? Local Manu- manu- manufacturing jobs too. Man- local manufacturing, building yeah, which is what Which is what everyone's been banging on about, probably why the libs are all over it because they love a good manufacturing job. Love a good job. Love a good job. I'd l- they love watching people make things. They don't do it themselves, but they love watching people do it at a very low price. Now, the other thing that we're going to get for it, and this is a lot of fun, I'm really thrilled about this, is 
we're spending $3 billion to upgrade the U.S. shipyards. What? Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to send some of those jobs overseas. What? <laughs> we're spending $3 billion to help the Americans upgrade the shipyards where they build the Virginia-class submarines because we're going to take three of them. Oh, by the way, we're not getting new ones. We're getting second-hand ones. That's what Albo was doing in um, in San Diego. He was walking up, and he, you know, Biden was like, that's oh, a great boat, you know, you're going to love it. Uh, check it out. It's only done uh, 24,000 miles and, you know, elbow kicked the hull a bit, uh, you know, looked under the hood, went, oh, no, I'm not sure about that, mate. You know, th- the seats are a bit ripped. So we're getting secondhand subs. They're not right. They're not clunkers. They'll, right. they'll, they'll be good. They'll be detailed before we get them. Okay. Right. Some air freshener. Um, and a new air freshener will be hung in the, uh, yep. in the command centre. So we get that as well, which is not bad. Now, $9 billion over the forward estimate, so I think that's the next five years, is going to be spent building the infrastructure that we'll need to be able to build and maintain the new AUKUS submarines. Now, that's right. the new one that's come in, is now we're going to design from the ground up and build new submarines. So something that's going to replace the Virginia class submarine and well, not the Virginia class. The Americans have got their own new submarine called the Columbia, but we won't be getting those. They're a bit like the F-22, not for export. And so the AUKUS submarine will replace our Virginias and the British astute class submarines. Now, interestingly, yep. Once we we set all of this up, Yep. then we will have free reign over our own ability to build and maintain submarines. That's the plan. That's, right. It sounds like a very sound plan. That's the plan, right? Here's the thing. If What's someone thing? like Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump get in at the next election, that plan could go to shit very, very quickly. I highly doubt that they would allow it to go to ship because anyone can see that what they need is someone in the vicinity of China Mm -hmm. to have some kind of capabilities. Mm -hmm. Essentially, Australia is quickly and quietly becoming basically a big PX for the United States military, which, you know, that's always been the plan. Interestingly enough, one of the things that sort of came out, and this was one of the things I found really fascinating, it was a really important thing to remember, is how Scott Morrison kept this so storm. Right, the whole AUKUS agreement was a very, very like in intelligence, um, in the intelligence world, this was a really, really slick operation, and it's a testament a to his ability to create the relationship between himself, Johnson, and Biden. But it was also a testament to, and you know, a very uh, a testament to his ability to keep secrets, which wasn't really a big secret. We knew he was not a very transparent leader. So the fact that this thing got up, and even Maurice Payne, our foreign minister, didn't know about it, that mm. was a really, really important thing to keep in mind. Right. So at the moment, what we're looking at and the fact that he never told Donald Trump, I think, is really interesting. Right. He had this plan, but Trump was never brought on board because he was planning it before Biden got in. Right. Now, the thing with he didn't tell Trump because Trump would have blurted it out. We know that. Oh, yeah. Or Trump would have taken the idea home with him and just talked about it with his buddies at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he was, that was one of the interesting things about that whole rigmarole is the fact that it really highlighted how Donald Trump was an intelligence disaster for the United uh, yes. States. You could it was not a disaster try- on every level. Oh, yeah, totally. Now, as I was saying, Malcolm Turnbull also threw his hat in the ring, but he he threw his hat in in a very, very subtle way. One saying, well, if we want nuclear submarines, why didn't we just buy them off the French? All we had to do was not put a diesel engine in. We could have put a French 
reactor in there and it would have been fine. Same boat, same systems, just a different engine, right? Or a different generator. Now, he also brought up one thing that's a really good point. Is the UK currently economically able to sustain a program like building a completely new submarine? Economically, the the UK is a bit of a basket case at the moment. And the big worry yeah. with a lot of people is, can they afford to do this? Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure they can. Well, that's to be seen. And again, they've got their own political problems. The US have their own political problems. At the moment, we are probably out of the three, the most politically stable, which I find fascinating. Now, uh, let's get into some really interesting bits and pieces about this. What about the neighbours? How do you think the neighbours feel about it, Michelle? Well, I know that Indonesia weren't too happy. They had some reservations. Mm -hmm. um, Fiji, I'm guessing, kind of had some questions, but no, you know, no, I no. F1J1, totally down with well, it. Well, but it was very funny. Either Albo just wanted another holiday on his way back from the AUKUS agreement or he thought he needed to go because he he said you know I had to stop in Fiji on the way I had to explain everything explain what was going on and we're just like oh do you just like Fiji no 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 no. Uh, he was only on the ground for about two hours uh, it was a refueling stop yeah but it was under the guise of answering yeah. questions but here's the great thing. This is what I love about this. It was a refueling stop at the brand new military base that Australia built Fiji in Nadi, right? Yep. So it's a brand new military base. Our plane flies in, you know, pulls up at the pump, pilot gets out, gets his credit card out, sticks the nozzle in the plane, starts filling it up. Meanwhile, Albo goes over and has a bit of carva with Rebuka, the leader of Fiji. And of course, he just goes, mate, totally down for it. This is fantastic. Love your work, especially your early stuff. Albo goes, rightio. Oh, thank God I've got a designated driver because that carva's kicking in and he's on the plane and he's on his way home. So Fiji were totally, they're, they're fine, right? Fiji are fine. They're down with mind. it. They, they love taking our foreign aid. They're not going to be angry at us for much longer. Australia built military base where they had the meeting. Of course, they're totally down for it. Yes. Um, Singapore and the Philippines are also very cool with it. They've turned around and gone, yeah, whatever, guys. Um, that makes sense. Uh, well, it makes sense for the Philippines because they're caught in the South China Sea conflict anyway. They're caught because they lay claim to some of the islands that China have built their military facilities on. Singapore, of course, they just want the Straits of Malacca to remain open because that's yep. just bank for them. The one that is really, really um, against it is Malaysia. They turned around because they're a nuclear-free zone, and they basically turned yes. around and said, you're not bringing your boats here, right? That's it. You can't bring them in. It is a nuclear-free zone. It will remain so. They said they appreciate the AUKUS defense agreement. They appreciate what it's for, but they're not changing their stance with their nuclear-free. So that's a really important thing because that's on the way up. So Malaysia are not happy with it. They're a nuclear-free zone. Right, and they've said they will remain a nuclear-free zone, so don't bring your boats here. Yep. Um, and they said they appreciate the AUKUS Defence Agreement. They understand what it's for, but don't bring your boats to us. We're not interested. You can't bring them in. New Zealand, I haven't heard anything from New Zealand, but I should imagine that they have their nuclear-free uh, policy, so it'll be the same. Right. Yep. American boats don't go there for the same reason they, they're nuclear, right? If it's okay. I mean, if the Chinese come for them, they can have them. Well, now we've got, we'll get into that in a minute. The other, the thing that is most important about the fact that Indonesia and Malaysia are not happy is that's the stepping stones we go through to get to the South China Sea, which yeah. 
come on, let's be honest. That's where they're going to operate. That's where the Americans are going to want us to operate is up in the South China Sea supporting their operations. Now, the Indonesians have said, if you want to use any of our sea lanes, and my God, they've got a lot of them, you've got to do it using the surface, which defeats the purpose of the boats going up there. Now, my question is, it all depends on how good their subsonar stuff is. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if we're underneath and we're being oh so quiet yeah. and oh so good, how will they even know? If we're tiptoeing our way through, yes. very quietly. It's like, it's like sneaking out of your bedroom when your parents are home. Yeah, it's red light, green light. It, you know, it's squid game, <laughs> yeah. only with subs. Now, this is the thing that is, the, the big question that comes in is, you know, and Paul Keating brought this up and it's a good point. Why do we need to defend ourselves from China, right? Now, there's. Uh, have you ever heard of the Thucydides trap? No. Thucydides was a historian back in ancient Greece, um, and he basically wrote the history of the Peloponnesian War, which was the war between Sparta and Athens. Yep. Sparta being the you know, predominant military power, and Athens started growing because it had much better trade options, right? So it started growing, it started building its military. Now, Sparta had the hegemony in the Hellenic Peninsula, but Athens grew. Now, the Thucydides trap is basically a construct created by an historian in the United States about 10 years ago, which says, if there is an hegemony and another power starts to rise, it is inevitable that war will break out. And he cites yep. 12, I think it's 12 different periods of history where that happens. Well, 12 periods of history where it has happened. There are also periods of history where it hasn't. Basically, hegemonies rise and fall. It's the way the world works, right? Now, does that hegemony have to be replaced through conflict? Not necessarily. But this is the thing that a lot of these policies is being based on. The Thucydides trap basically says that if there is a superpower and another power starts to rise, there will inevitably be conflict and a war. Yes. Now, I mean, we've been talking about this for years, though, in terms of China and America. Well, I mean, the as they said in the City Morning Herald, three years and we're at war. Well, if that's no. the case, these submarines aren't going to do us any bloody good because we're not going to see any of them till the next decade. So it's like if this is the big issue, right, if, if China is really going to go to war, and I've got to be honest, I'm kind of siding with Keating as to why would they invade Australia when they own most of it anyway? And secondly, and this is the really important thing that a lot of people forget, to invade somewhere like Australia is an absolutely monstrous concept. Yes. I don't, look, I don't think that they would think to do that. And I also agree with Keating too. You know, if China does want to become the superpower, why do we want to stop them? Who are we to stop them? Like those are those are big global conversations. That- exactly. That don't really involve us. And that's, well, they do involve us. I mean, Australia they is- do on a, They do on a subtle level, but at the end of the day, we're probably going to side with the people who are going to buy our buildy dirt. Yeah, our buildy dirt and, you know, our, our magic dirt. Uh, and yep. that's one of the other things that, again, with nuclear reactors on submarines, one of the things we do have in abundance is that magic uranium dirt, yes. right? That radioactive dirt, which- It makes they, it all work. It has to make it work. Now, the interesting thing about the reactors in the the American subs as well, and it will be the same as the reactors in the new AUKUS subs, is they run with weapons-grade uranium. That's 95% yield. That Essentially, I think the statistic I heard was the Americans go through 100 nuclear warheads worth of uranium every year with their submarines. 
right? Now, this brings in the weapons proliferation argument in that, yeah. well, essentially we're getting weapons-grade uranium given to us. Aren't we breaching our our signatory to this, right, which is a really important thing to consider. Now, Well, you won't be able to drive it through Leichhardt, that's for sure. Isn't Leichhardt in Sydney a, a nuclear-free zone? Yeah, well, that's what happened when they tried to take the – that was a big thing when they tried to get the uh, waste, the nuclear waste out Can't of – Can't drive it through certain suburbs in Sydney. Yeah, out of Lucas Heights. They sort of had to go via, I think, sort of Camden and, you know, Richmond, and they had to go all around the city sort of weaving their way through because, because they were – because they clearly don't understand how it works. <laughs> if it, even if it, even if something bad happened in the suburb next to you, you're still gone. It's fine. <laughs> well, here we go again. This is another thing that we uh, that Australia may be expected to do in return for these submarines is we may have to start storing nuclear waste. Right now, interestingly yep. enough. The Scarce Commission, which was Governor Scarce from South Australia, who is an ex-military, I, can't, I think he was an admiral, I can't remember, uh, but he basically did a, a commission into the nuclear industry in Australia and basically turned around and said, we're kidding ourselves if we don't start building reactors, right? Not just for power generation, simply for the, the science behind it, which is an important step. But he also said, we should be looking at using somewhere like very, very remote South Australia to store waste simply because it is one of the most geologically stable regions on the planet. Yep. So if you bury it deep enough, cover it up clever enough and it, it, you know, look after it, it will not become a problem. I mean, it's got a half-life of 10,000 years. It's yep. a problem already. Look, I think we still have so much to unpack and oh, we've pretty much run out of time. Yeah. So why don't we bring everyone back for ne another app and we cover off the rest of it? Because I'd like to also tuck into kind of the global ramifications of us having nuclear power. Oh, and totally. That's what. What happens there? I got look. I got, I got my big black book. I've got the I big can, black I, book today. I'm looking at the pages and I'm like, we're really not even remotely through that. So right. I reckon next step we tackle the nuclear ramifications. Yep. We also have a, a deeper dive into whether we're going to get this all on time. Totally. And what it means for us from a security perspective. Totally. And also the fact that 368 billion—that's a really specific number. I'm going to call half a trillion. Easy. Easy. Oh, okay. Well, I want to unpack more about where the costings are going wrong. Well, we're getting some Tomahawk missiles. So anyway, look, yeah, look, yeah. this is such a big issue. I think, yeah, we're definitely up for two episodes. But look, the practical upshot of this right now, uh, what yeah. can we give our people to to mull over? And by the way, if you've got any opinions, please send them to us at Ice Podcast on Twitter. But essentially right now, oh my God, this has just upset the apple cart kicked over the hornet's nest 100%. and stirred a hive of bees all in one fell swoop. I mean, we, for God's sake, we pulled Keating out of fucking retirement. That guy never retires. No, That's what you've got to love about him, the ultimate boomer. And by the way, just to finish, keep this in mind when you use the word boomer to describe old people. Boomer is also the word used to describe nuclear second strike option platforms. So those big submarines that sit under the polar ice cap and if anyone nukes us, we're going to nuke you back three times as hard. Boomers, quiet, in the shadows and slightly dangerous, particularly the smell. And almost dead. <laughs> <laughs>